Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dewback Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Mike Dolan. there and welcome back to the Dewback Discussion Podcast. I am your host, Jared the Dark Jedi, and joining me today is birthday boy black leader, Travis Grossman. Hey, I'm sick again. <laughs> You're sick? A little bit. I couldn't even hear it in your voice this time, so. I, it was like at its height on Saturday. Okay. So I'm, I'm rebounding. Sad. I keep forgetting whether or not we recorded Jedi Friday or Saturday. Friday. So it was Friday? Okay. I was feeling it a little bit on Friday. And then, like, Saturday, I was just like, oh, God. Speaking. I need to start snorting some Mucinex. Snorting it. Yeah, just like crushing it. it up, you know? Yeah, do a couple lines. Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm going to gush during the intro. Okay. So I'm going to save it for then. Uh, speaking of the audio commentaries, though, go ahead and make sure you listen to our recording of A New Hope. Empire comes out at the end of the week. Uh, with uh, Matt from Blue Bantha Milk Co. We sip on blue milk, which was literally just vanilla milk ah! mixed with uh, rum chata and blue food coloring. It was the simplest drink we've had and probably my favorite because it just tasted like a vanilla milkshake with a little bit of bite to it. Um, at the end of the week, we do uh, Empire Strikes Fire. Back with Ross from Beyond the Outer Rim uh, for the drink for that, we basically just made mojitos. So Google how to make a mojito. Uh, the, again, we just keep coming up just by happenstance on drinks that are incredibly oh, right. easy the, to make. That I was like, just, wait, what was the – because like it wasn't just a random drink. It was Dagobah water. Right? Dagobah swamp water yeah. is what it is, is what it was listed as. But as far as ingredients go, just look up how to make a mojito um, and that will get you there. It was pretty good. Yeah, I quite liked it. Uh, the last two were have been the drinks that actually got to me. Um, granted, yeah. they had more ingredients yeah. in them and they were stronger. Um, I think I was worse at the end of Empire than I was at the end of Jedi. I think you were too. Yeah. Jedi like, or Empire just <laughs> completely caught up to me. Uh, Travis, how was your week? Uh, my week was pretty fun. Last Thursday, uh, me and some boys – Went to see uh, YouTuber and comedian Gus Johnson live in Pittsburgh. Who I started watching on my own last night. Yeah. He popped into my recommended feed by complete providence. And I was like, this is a sign that time. I'm supposed to get into him. Uh, I watched the his the newest video he put out about Wendy Williams. I haven't watched that which yet. Which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> And uh, then I watched the Subway Jalapeno thing. Yep. Which fucking killed me. Now you understand why I went to his show <laughs> in one of my old Subway uniforms. I worked at Subway for like five years, like through high school and my first two years of college. And uh, so he made like he made one of like how to make a Subway sandwich and the whole thing is just a fucking disaster. It's so funny. And then later he did. You the, showed me that one. Yeah. And then he did the Jalapeno Stubbs one. Which, like, 
I never, I only ever put stems on someone's sandwich if I really didn't fucking like them. <laughs> like, if they were being I a love, dick. I love that that's a thing people do. It's so, like, messing with people's food is a thing in food service. Like, your food's yeah. been messed with at least once. But, like, you, it's so hard to do at Subway, right? Yeah, they're right there. Yeah. And so, usually it doesn't happen. Now, granted, if you go through a drive-thru at Subway, it happens instantaneously, because don't ever go through a fucking drive-thru at Subway. Yeah. Like, that, that, that should be a thing. You had it coming. Yeah. You, you chose this. Yeah. Um, we don't victim blame here on Dubac Discussion, but, like, you're they not, were the victim. Yeah, say that the worker was the victim <laughs> in that case. Um, we got VIP tickets to see Gus, and, It just like, makes me so happy. So it's like it was this little improv club and on the waterfront in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. And we walked in and like they give us a wristband and it was like, okay, yeah, we'll walk you up to the front. And we get to the front and I like it just dawned on me how close, like really close seating in quotes was. And literally my leg was resting on the stage to the point where like when, a, you know, a comedian does like, a bit with someone in the audience. Yeah. He did one with me. <laughs> um, and I felt like I felt so bad because he was trying, he was pretending to be Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> And he's just like staring me down, getting closer to me. And I was like, don't laugh. Don't laugh in his face. Don't ruin his bit. And so I just had the biggest like dumb ass smile on my face. <laughs> that is so sweet. That is so sweet. And knowing, and you know, I was just, it made me so happy that. Yeah. And we got to, we got to meet him afterwards. Soup like. picture. I'm pretty sure you're making the same exact face with Gus that you made with Ray <laughs> Park. <laughs> Like my my reference point for like your peak like stupid joy is I love a V neck like like oh, man, I rock a V neck <laughs> like that is like the pinnacle of like goofy Travis smile and I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure it's the same exact face it's between Ray Park and Gus. But it looked like a ton of fun. It looked like you had a really good time. Yeah, oh, man. and I'm really enjoying his content it, so far. It was just like I got home and I was like, nothing went wrong. Like we left the time we wanted to leave to go to Pittsburgh. We didn't hit any bad traffic. We didn't get lost. There was parking. It was free parking because it was at the like the AMC that's in the waterfront. We like we got food on time. Everything was right with our food. We went to Purgatory because yeah, you, got you have to yeah. Um, nothing went wrong in the show. For Gus or us, yeah, you know, like every everyone was nice at the show because like it was basically just hey, we like this one YouTuber, so we're gonna go yeah. see him live. <laughs> Which, by the way, like he does, you know, little skits usually, like yeah. it's like one to two minute sketches, and he has some of the best stand up timing ever. Like he is so funny. Most sketch writers are amazing with yeah. time. That's why you have like John Mulaney and Seth Meyers. That's why they're so good. Yeah, because they're SNL alum. Right. Um, but yeah. And then the weekend's been just flushed out with, you know, me switching between Jedi and or Jedi Fallen Order and Pokemon just back yeah. and forth. Uh, Jared, how was your week? My week was pretty good. Uh, what happened this week? Mostly Fallen Order is what happened this week. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I yeah. got it Thursday night. Okay, so I was expecting it to be like how long Battlefront 2 took to install for me, which was like over two and a half hours. 
Mm-hmm. Like Battlefront 2 took forever. Well, those kind of games usually come with like huge game day, like launch day patches because yeah. of the online multiplayer. And I was expecting going into Fallen Order and like it, I realized that almost every game because I normally only get like one or two games a year and I just play the shit out of like two or three games at any given time. I'm not a huge gamer, but like I have yeah. my franchises. And it occurred to me that all the games I have gotten in recent time were massive multiplayer games that like required that 15 hours to install. Yeah. Battlefront 2, Soul right. Calibur 6, and Mortal Kombat 11 are like the only new games I've gotten aside from Fallen Order. So I came home and I popped – I came home with some of the best sheets I've had in a minute. Uh, came home through the disc in. I'm watching the Philip DeFranco show eating my – disgusting sheets food because i'm a, i hate myself um that was me today it was so many so much hot shit on it i don't know why i do this to myself <laughs> and i'm surprised the next morning every time just like how did this oh wait i know uh, how this why, happened wh- why why does my stomach feel like it's just a fucking gordian knot like how do <laughs> I don't, see i don't like maybe i'm just superhuman Maybe I'm just better than everyone else. I don't know, but I, I also know that I put way more pepper on my shit than you do. Like yeah, pep, like I like jalapenos and the banana peppers oh, and yeah. all the sauces. I don't. I don't usually go raw pepper. I get like the sauces and shit. Well, like, well, I, I try to do like dry rubs. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, you like said that before. Cayenne yeah. and Cajun rubs and stuff. I love that shit. My nose runs like crazy. My nose can't handle spice for shit, but the rest of me is fine. Yeah, I see. I like the taste too much, but like my body's just like nope. Anyway, Fallen Order only took like 40 minutes to install. Yeah, it took and it like- shocked the shit out of me. And I was like, I was expecting to fall asleep while yeah. it was installing. And when I came home from work on Friday, play it for a little bit before we recorded. And it finished installing at like 10, 15. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to be up till three. <laughs> yeah, well, like, so I... <laughs> We came home from the Gus show. Yeah. And it's like an hour-ish from here to Pittsburgh. So – or like 30 to 45 yeah. minutes depending on traffic. And so we were coming back um, and we were getting like here around 1130. So we were like, OK, we'll just go to Walmart, chill for a little bit and then buy – because Matt wanted to get Fallen Order and then Zach and I wanted to get our copies of Pokemon. Yeah. Because I knew, like, I'd have the next day, like, some time, to, like, out of the house with my Switch. Yeah. So I got Pokemon. Um, and then I got Fallen Order while I was at work the next day. Mm-hmm. We recorded Return of the Jedi. I got home at, like, 1.30, 1.45. And I'm like, okay, I'll pop the disc in, see what the time says. And we'll see, like, if I'm playing this tonight or tomorrow morning. And I popped it in, and it's like, the only reason it took, there was, like, a two minute install for the like launch patch, yeah, like one point oh two or something, and then it had to copy it to my external hard drive, and that took like ten minutes. That's that not was, bad at all. That was it, and I was like, "Guess I'm gonna be up till three a.m. playing this game." <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're gonna talk a lot about Fallen Order towards the end of the show. Um, we're not gonna get super into spoiler to- spoiler talk. I beat it this weekend. Um, I have not. You just finished the your second time on Zepho, right? Yeah. Okay. For like the main story, and I'll get into why I say like main story stuff. Later, yeah. But uh, with that, um, 
Do you know what the first story? Because like the second story is just it's yeah uh sure there's no link for it to be read and i kind of want it's gonna be joking about memes i just want to take the lead on that story because that's that's fine (laughs) the way Um, we're talking about it there's no way they don't know that it's i already said it's a meme so yeah Uh, you should how about i read that story so you can pull up the scene on youtube so we can play it if you're willing to do that sir yeah i love you Changing your mind on me last minute, I swear to God. I meant to ask earlier and I forgot because I suck. So uh, we have a cool report from Collider. Uh, Exclusive Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker final writing credits revealed. The Rise of Skywalker has a long and storied history to the big screen with lots of collaborations and cooks in the Episode Nine saga ending kitchen. We've learned that the Writers Guild of America, the WGA, has finally settled on who will get final writing credits on this epic film – and it's a little surprising. The screenplay will be credited to Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams, with the ampersand indicating that the two work together. The film will also have a based on characters created by George Lucas credit. So far, all of this makes sense. But the WGA also decided that The Rise of Skywalker will have a story by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow and Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams. If you recall, Trevorrow, uh, Jurassic World, uh, uh, was originally set to co-write and direct Episode Nine before being ousted in favor of Abrams returning. Uh, this means that the WGA likely decided that some of what Trevorrow and Connolly were originally planned to do for the film made it into the final product, which means that they will receive a good amount of residuals, which is a pretty nice cons- uh, consolation prize for not seeing the film through to the end. The final WGA attribute... Uh, Attribution does come as a bit of a surprise, especially given Abrams' quote. Abrams quotes in an interview with Fast Company where he said he was starting with no script. You've got two years. uh, This is his quote on it. This story, which literally uses the phrase starting over, sure makes it seem like Abrams and Terrio started over using nothing of Trevorrow and Connolly's vision. And yet they are credited on the final product. So did Abrams approve of and incorporate some of Trevorrow's and Connolly's version after all? Were there some of the ideas just too good to pass up? Did Abrams make sure his writing uh, predecessors were taken care of no matter what? So it leaves a lot up in the air in the nature of why they get that credit. Yeah. When when JJ says that they went in with no script. I think that means like literal lines. Like like there could be story concepts. That's what I was going to say. That struck me as like we have the bones. Well, because I'm sure, like, just off the bat, Disney, you know, Kathleen Kennedy herself, who has been fired 20 times, uh, said, like, we need you to move from point A to B to C in this movie. Yeah. How you choose, like, not necessarily they have full free reign, but, like, how you choose to do so is up to you, but it needs to be vetted by us, obviously. Um, In, like, similar ways to, like... I always Dragon Ball is my my home. Yeah. With the Dragon Ball Super, the recent anime series and the manga, they are not the same. And they had one guy uh doing the manga and then Toei Animation doing the anime. And Toriyama was just like, "Okay, here are the main plot points I want. However you get from A to B to C to D, totally up to you." I imagine like 
something similar happened with Disney where like they were only in the process of like conceptually how do we move from A to B to C and JJ came in and was like okay I don't mind doing it that way and then wrote it like to his specifications I'm listening I'm sorry Charles Soul just started an AMA about the rise of Kylo Ren an hour ago on Twitter ah and I'm just seeing some oh that reminds me um of a thing that happened on the Return of the Jedi uh, audio commentary that I meant to mention on here so <coughs> I coughed that's what it was yeah um so I brought snacks for this this one. is the cutest fucking thing ever that is so fucking cute that you left it in the fridge I don't know why that just made my I was talking to my mom about that today when I was grocery shopping with her because she wanted yeah. some help with some chicks. She was getting some like Thanksgiving prep and needed extra arms. I told her about that. She's like, I fucking love that boy so much. And I was like, he's so goddamn adorable. You're right. I am. As you were. Um. So the, the snack I brought was <laughs> the fudge covered Ritz that are out right now because it's Christmassy time. I don't know why they're only t- like Christmas time. They're so fucking good. Um. And so mid show, like I'm eating them like. Yo, we should get Ritz to like. I mentioned that we were eating them. I was like, "Oh, but we're not sponsored by Ritz." Hold on, I'm gonna DM Ritz on Twitter. Yeah. So I did, not expecting an answer back. The next morning, I wake up. I have a DM from Ritz. <laughs> uh, so I said, "Hey, Ritz, this is Travis Grossman of the Newback Discussion Podcast. I was wondering if you wanted to become a sponsor and make us the official Star Wars podcast of Ritz Crackers." <laughs> and I was like, "That's so dumb." <laughs> They're going to that, that is such an on-brand joke for this show though. And then they they replied like I expected like a bot reply and I got thanks for thinking of us Travis. Unfortunately, we get so many requests each year that we can't honor them all. Uh but we wish you and your podcast the best of luck. And I was like they responded. I bet those cocksuckers over at making Star Wars already got the Ritz contract. I bet they did. Uh, you motherfuckers. Damn you, Jason Ward. Uh, so, not sponsored. I fucking love fudge-covered Ritz crackers. Uh, but yeah, I find it very interesting that they get the writing credit. I know Daisy Ridley said that Trevorrow's script uh, like made her cry a lot. Ooh. Like she said that she got to her end, her the end of his version of the story, and it like it it it, it was really emotional. And as somebody who is very invested in like the deeper metaphoric side of the story that's being told in the sequels, I feel like again, like Ben and Ray ending up together and teaming up to defeat Palpatine as a unit is like the only clear way to end the, the saga. Yeah. And like, I like that to me, like I'm like, I'm like, this is the only way you end this the right way. <laughs> It's granted, you know, I'm open to being proved wrong. It's just I just think that's the best possible ending, in my opinion. That like I don't know how much can be changed from like, oh, this is the natural progression of the story with not like, you know. It's interesting stuff. I really want to know what what's a holdover from what he did and yeah. whatever. Um So yeah, cool stuff. Did you find McClunky? I found McClunky. I okay. believe I found McClunky. It might be like several versions of the scene, but so, 
I don't have it with me. Yeah, here we go. So you want to pause it real quick just so I can intro it for anybody who isn't aware? No. Because uh, not likely. Yeah. So obviously Disney Plus launched last week. Uh, Yahoo! Which reminds me, who did you pick for your avatar? Or did you not do it yet? Every time I – well, okay, not every time. The one time I went in, it wasn't giving me options. It was just like, here's your list of avatars, blank page. Oh. <laughs> Let me go in right now and look. Okay. Because like we said at Hall of Heroes, I very obviously picked Kylo Ren. That's weird. Okay. What? Polygon is a bad news source. Poloyama? Poloyama. Polygon. I heard Poloyama. I just heard Paul and then a ya. And my mind immediately went to Poloyama. And I thought he like... We were just talking about him before we hit record. So yeah. I, mean, I, I thought you like he, he shared something in like the Schmodown Facebook group or no. something. Um, in fact, it was about a thing from Mandalorian. But like... Disney like released a spoiler barrier that wasn't there on a certain character, which I'm not going to say who or what, but yeah. you've probably seen. Anyway, continue. Uh, but no, Disney Plus went live and there <laughs> there we go. So as everybody knows, George Lucas has infamously uh, always been tweaking these movies as they came out. Oh, look at that. I'm Tony Stark. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, now, Travis, did you, when you first saw McClunky happen, did you think it was a George Lucas holdover or did you think that Disney did this? The, the, the Lucas. There's, there's, there's no there's, way it wasn't George. Ge Georgie boy. <laughs> it has to be. This is, so uh, this is the new version, the version that is on Disney Plus of Han and Greedo in the Mos Eisley Canteen. Even I get boarded sometimes. Do you think I had a choice? Over my dead body. Yes, I bet you have. <laughs> I don't know why it's so fucking funny to me. McClunky. I don't fucking know why. The best part is they don't have a trans. Like, there's no. <laughs> That's insane, McClunky. It's just like, okay, because you can't see it. It has. It's translating Greedo's Hutties with the subtitles to English basic, whatever the fuck you're going to call it. Yeah. As he's talking until he says McClunky. <laughs> McClunky. McClunky. Also, it's it's getting closer and closer to them shooting at the same time every time George fucks with that scene. So I did a little bit of digging. You want to know where that scene came from and why it's only showing up on Disney Plus now? Do you remember? The 21st night of September. When they did the 3D re-release of The Phantom Menace. I, I saw this too. I saw this – what you're about to say, I know what you're talking about now. And I knew George had already made made changes to scenes because in The Phantom Menace, it's the first time that we get CGI Yoda all throughout the movie. Yeah. Because if you remember in The Phantom Menace, he's a puppet with the only exception being the scene where Obi-Wan is talking to him inside of the Naboo throne room when Yoda says, fine, Anakin's your Padawan. This is a bad fucking idea. Yeah. But George changed and be like CG, like he is in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. 
and it looks much better. Agreed. <laughs> Apparently, and they didn't do any other movies after Phantom Menace. They only did yeah. Phantom Menace. And you know what one of my favorite like memories of that is? Do you remember the Brisk Saber app? When no. Star Wars and Brisk, like no. the T, not a bit teamed up for like what was essentially Star Wars Fruit Ninja, but had like a lot of Brisk branding all over it. That's really funny. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, I because I remember it came out like maybe two or three weeks before Kira was born. Like it okay. was, it was wild. <laughs> Moving in amazing times pre Disney, uh, but they didn't do any other movies after Phantom Menace, and I don't know why. I don't know if it was because of the Disney buyout or if it was because the Phantom Menace in 3D didn't do well. Whatever reason, they stopped after Phantom Menace. Apparently, the 3D version of A New Hope was when we were first supposed to see McClunky. Yeah. And there's a part of me that so badly wants to go to the timeline where McClunky mm. happened in a fucking movie theater. <laughs> McClunky. You want to know about Star Wars is dead? Like, like the fucking fan reaction? Granted, Greedo has a dick, I assume. So it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But f- why is McClunky so funny to do me? You think, like, do, you, do you think the, the fandom menace would still be like – they wouldn't be hung up on – like if Disney never happened, right? If the Disney bio didn't happen and we're getting the re-releases and then maybe like there's there a There wouldn't be a name for it. There would still be the coalition of people who get like incredibly angry about Star Wars all the time. That's true. But like do you think they would be getting just as mad about all the changes Lucas made? Because before that's what everyone complained about. Like back in the day when like it was cool to love and hate Star Wars at the same time. You know. I don't I don't know. I I don't think I don't think the Phantom Menace would be as angry because the stuff he changes is not like he doesn't make Luke a woman. He doesn't he doesn't fundamentally change the story in any way to like I bring up legit, like actually changing yeah. the story to like like even like a warranted anger of like why are you altering the text? Uh the sacred text. Yeah, the sacred Jedi texts. Oh, the, te- the, the way he pronounces every letter of the word texts. Anyway, so I don't know. It's a toss up for me. I'm not sure. I think that there would still be that like we're just going to aggressively attack anything we don't like. I don't know if it would have become a coalition. A cult, if you yeah, will. I, I don't think it would have turned into like, you know, you have like. Like the figureheads that are like, you have Geeks Gamers and Doomcock, the Find a Menace and the fucking world-class bullshitters and all of this stuff. Anyway, I, why is McClunky so funny to me? Like, uh, help me talk through this because I think this is the funniest shit ever. There's – OK. So like, <laughs> first of all, the, the delivery. McClunky. He sounds confused. Yeah, because like, he is. <laughs> like he genuinely must – like – Whoever voiced Greedo. Can you do it again? Goes, no, the, I, the person who voiced it, he was even like, I don't understand this. I closed the window okay. already, so fuck you. Uh, but if you search up McClunky, the first thing that comes up is like a comparison, but they put the Disney Plus one first, which is nice. But like, beyond that, I don't know that it's necessarily like, god damn it. 
Oh god. Oh, I skipped it. Shit. I'm Oscar. Yes, we have. Clunky. Why is this such a simple I fucking love it. I fucking love it so much. How, how did you find out about McClunky? You. Oh. I. I when you you put your thing in the chat of we need McClunky shirts because you're you and <laughs> and I was like what the fuck is McClunky? <laughs> TJ's response to that was like unnecessarily eloquent and it scared me for some yeah. reason. Well, like I had I had seen throughout the day, the Han shot first scene has been changed again on Disney Plus. I yeah. had seen that and everywhere. And Greedo was also trending on Twitter. Like, I'd seen that everywhere. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, I'd even gone as far as he gets another word in before they fire. And I was like, oh, all right. And the, the matchups I had seen, I didn't. Do you fucking mind? <laughs> Jeez. Um, we're like, I, for whatever reason, was dumb and didn't listen with volume, so I didn't hear it. Yeah. Or no, they were all overlapped. Like all the volume was just yeah overlapped on each other, so I couldn't understand it. It wasn't until we were together later on Friday, and you were like, "Have you seen McClunky?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I haven't." So you like pulled it up for me. I didn't think it would be that funny. I don't know why it's so funny. It's just so dumb. It's a, what, wait, what? What does McClunky add to this scene? Exactly, <laughs> that wasn't there before. Exactly. Like when George originally changed it, he said he didn't like the fact that like Han killed Greedo in cold blood. <clears throat> yeah, which I it's not even. I don't even think Han killed him in cold blood. No, yeah. Like, Greedo has the fucking blaster on the table. Like, yeah, I... Like, it's clear that... And, like, Greedo, like, threatens Han's life. Like, not only does he have a blaster trained on him, he's like, oh, he says, over my dead body, that's the plan. Like, yeah. like, like Han shooting Greedo is completely in self-defense, even if Greedo didn't shoot at him first. Yeah, But the I first don't... version was so bad where it has Han do the fucking neck jerk that, like, it's terrible. And he fixed it, and, like, more and more it becomes they're shooting closer together... And it's more like Greedo is just missing. Yeah. But like the idea that he didn't want Han to be like a cold-blooded murderer in George Lucas's eyes. Okay. Like, like uh, you, 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 you had some you, – you were able to justify it in some way. Fine. Whatever. And the other changes are so superficial. That it doesn't – like it doesn't change the scene beyond that very Like much. It, it, it opens up – the only other co- the changes that I think open up a discussion as to whether or not it – as to how it changes the text are Hayden Christensen being Anakin's Force ghost. Oh, I thought you just meant in the, in that scene. But yeah, no, absolutely. No, like outside of like yeah. Han shoots first – like the whole Han shoots first thing, I don't know if there's anything else that like he attempts to change the text of Star Wars with. Outside of Anakin's Force Ghost, and even a little bit with Darth Vader saying no when he moves to kill Palpatine, um, and obviously the most important change is Obi Wan screeching, um, which is still the same. 
Yeah. Which is as it should be. Good. Again, I really wish that was the version. I got to hear that screeching in a movie theater. Because that means that he had the in time for a movie theater. And I would have killed to have heard that in fucking surround sound. Uh. Anyway, McClunky is hilarious. I just, I just love that George constantly feels the need to fuck with Star Wars. And like, I really hope that the next time a big re-release or anything happens, that they legitimately consult George and that the people at Lucasfilm and Disney go, okay, what dumb shit do you feel like you need to add now? Like what dumb, like what, what stupid shit do you think needs to be in this movie now? And every time it's like, oh, it's always part of my original vision. Mm -hmm. We just didn't have the technology or the money at the time. And I'm like, "Eh, what, what, like if it was part of your original vision, what? Why didn't McClunky make the cut then? <laughs> Fuck you. Um, That's why. I also saw that apparently a rough translation of McClunky. Um, apparently Sebulba, in context of that word, says something that sounds like McClunky in The Phantom Menace. And it is apparently Hutties for I'll end you. That makes sense. Yes. The fact that it doesn't say I'll end you. He could have just said Omaiwa Mushin Deiru. Nani? High-pitched screech. Yeah. That's just the sound of Hans Blaster now. Um, Somebody make that super cut of every time uh, Han fires his blaster. The, like, high-pitched tone from from fucking Fist of the North Star, please. (laughs) I'm begging you. Uh... But yeah, I just... I think McConkey's hilarious. Again, if the whole I'll end you thing is accurate... Again, it makes sense in the scene. But why is there not a subtitle? And like, it's just so, I just, it's stupid and it's funny and I love it. And I love McClunky. And I, I, I'm demanding that we get McClunky shirts made. You demand we get a lot of shirts made. Though, okay, so. I know, but I'm putting my foot down with McClunky. I will, I will, I will, I will get McClunky made myself if I have to. God damn it. You probably will have to do it yourself. I know. Anyway, next story. I think I put it in here strategically so you get to talk about Poe. You're right. Uh, we got a new image from Entertainment Weekly. Poe Dameron pilots the Millennium Falcon, a new The Rise of Skywalker photo. Uh, is any of the article useful before we just talk about the picture? Nope. Cool. Not really. Uh, we get a picture of Poe, Finn, and Chewie in the Falcon. And Poe is being adorable and piloting and has this like awe-stricken face. Yeah. Presumably he's like looking at something. Like, you know, he's seeing the Empire's fleet and going, Oh shit, that's not good. Or it's like he's mid-woo. You know? He's still in Finn's game. Just like that. Wow. Yeah. That's one of the things I really love about the sequels is like how much fun every single character is having. Oh yeah. Like, in the prequels, like, all the crazy shit that happened to those characters, it was just Tuesday. And, like, Luke grew up like a kid on a farm. So, like, he's clearly having a lot of fun in A New Hope, being caught in the middle of this, like, political upheaval. But, like, there's just something about, like, there's just something that feels so organic of, like, the simultaneous, like, terror and joy that these characters are in. 
Like it makes sense for like Poe or Finn to be like, oh my god, this is terrifying, but that was fucking badass what I just did over there. Yeah. Yeah, that was. That, yeah. I mean, that's about it. It's images, images, cute. I like Poe a lot. This is really cool. I'm glad I get to see him fly the most famous ship in Star Wars. Right. Like, yeah, keeping that seat warm for Ben. I don't like it, but I agree. Not that I don't like it. I shouldn't say that. I like the idea of Ben flying the Falcon, but I like Poe flying it. I like. I actually like Ray flying it a lot. In a weird way. Yeah, I like them both. I yeah. like. Yeah, I like sitting in the same seat together. You know, her in his lap. And, I didn't say that. Not like in a sexual way, just like sitting okay. like arms wrapped around his neck like, hey, honey, how are you? Oh. You know. Still, I want to see them like co-piloting. Both of them wearing nice sweaters, being cozy. <laughs> I like how you're like visually pitching like Raylo fan art that definitely exists somewhere. Oh, yeah. Of like them in like oh, life day I sweaters. I forgot we asked Spencer for his takes on the Mandalorian episode. Yeah, he didn't send them. anything, so I didn't want to talk about it on the air because I figured he forgot. You didn't? No, he didn't. So, cool. Cool. I want to hear it once we're done. Yeah. How long is it? Does it say? Uh, We're about to find out. Five minutes. Oh, that's solid. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Next week, you guys are in luck. We are going to be having Spencer in the room next week for both shows. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very excited for that. Hopefully we have a full crew. Um, oh, I think Joel City comes back on the 24th. I don't know what day of the week that is. Mm, it's either Monday or Tuesday. That's my calculator, not my calendar. Hold on. It's like that one vine of like the ladies at the club trying to take a picture, but she has her calculator open. And she just keeps playing, pressing the equals button. Wait, the 24th? I think that's what Joel said. That's Sunday. This Sunday? Yeah. Oh, we have a full crew. We have a full crew for Holy Heroes and Dubek. This is our first one. Yeah. With a full panel. Like, and like proper engineering. Yeah, we have someone who can engineer while we're doing our thing. Uh, hopefully we not get on a, my brick. Hopefully we get a Darth Id in the room and it can just be a full unit. Absolute fucking unit. Anyway. Uh, a little funny story here that has been floating around this week because John Favreau has been doing more press for The Mandalorian. John Favreau really wants to make a new version of the holiday special. I really want him to. Me too. We are going to at some point review the holiday special, right? <laughs> so I have a confession to make. Yeah, I've never been able to make it through the whole way. I've only seen like I've watched a um I think it might have been John Tron's commentary video about it back when he had his whole like uh Star Wars kick for I don't remember I've I've I I might it might not have been John Tron I don't remember I don't I know I've seen Flex Tape and some of his old gaming stuff and a lot of his newer stuff and like every time kind of pinch my nose because of the Destiny debate yes. <laughs> Art from the artist. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. like At least he's not pro-Jared. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. I misheard that at first and thought, like, 
as opposed uh, to anti me. Oh, f- and I was like, "Fuck you! I don't fucking like don't lump me in the same boat as John Tron, asshole." Just as I like flex tape memes doesn't mean I pretend the Holocaust didn't happen. Whew. Anyway, this is the. Uh... Okay. I'm trying to find the direct quote from Favreau. Uh, I'm just going to read directly from this. I'm going to read from Wired.com. Okay, let's get this out of the way first. Yes, they've edited the original trilogy once again, McClunkley, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But let's get back to the matters at hand. Uh, I have stuff about the Mandalorian. Okay, holiday special. Uh, so this is coming from John Favreau. Uh, possibility of accuracy. He seems to be really into the idea, at least. The real deal. For those of you who thought that the mention of Life Day in the first episode in The Mandalorian was a one-off joke, series creator John Favreau has some news for you. He wants to make an all-new Star Wars holiday special to make sure that Life Day gets the attention it deserves. It's uh, it's ready. The ideas are ready. Told, he told Variety. I think it could be really fun, not as part of The Mandalorian, but it's an ex- <laughs> there's an excitement around it because it was so fun and so weird and off and off and not connected to Star Wars in the theater. The Mandalorian cartoon, the Boba Fett cartoon from the holiday special was definitely a point of inspiration for what we did in the show, which is very clear when you see like Boba Fett as a rifle that the Mandalorian carries. Yeah. Uh, he even knows who would he even knows who would appear in the special if it happened. I'm not going to say who who I'd be interested in. One of the people is a member of the cast in an upcoming episode of the Mandalorian show. So we'll leave it at that for now. He teased. And that was all he said on the holiday special. So you said you've only ever seen highlight reels. Basically, yeah. I got about halfway through it. And to this day, fuck, I can't remember the character's name. But the forearm chef. It's been so long. Okay, I'm going to show you a picture of this thing. And if you are not like, and I'm not talking at like a joke, like legitimately disturbed by the look of this thing, I will be surprised. Okay. Like you are a braver man than I. The one thing I can vividly remember from it is the like really creepy scene with Chewie's like, dad, grandpa, don't remember the relationship. He has a whole family. He has a wife and a kid. I know. But like there's a, there's an older Wookiee too. That's like his parent or something. And he's, like, having some weird VR experience thing. What the fuck? It's even scarier in motion. Like, that looks like it's something out of a horror movie, the way it looks at you. It's eyes. It's fucking eyes. I don't like it. Get away from me. I would love to see... When he talks about, like, upcoming character in The Mandalorian... It's interesting. Like, I want to know who, how he's going to do it. There's a part of me that really wishes it was like just the sequel version of the the, the original one. And like, I don't know. Maybe Snoke is like the Grinch who stole Life Day. That's my pitch for it. I really hope this happens. Like, I really hope Disney just leans into it. And like, and even if you want to, just put a disclaimer at the beginning that says this isn't canon. Oh yeah. Like if like if if you want to be fucking cowards about it. If you want to be cowards about it. Then feel free to like write it off as not being canon. 
but I don't think that's being cowardly. I think that's leaning into the joke. I think that's like, we want this to be as dumb and stupid as possible. And for that to happen, <laughs> we have to strike it out of continuity. Yeah, we have to make sure people know. I really hope there's a new holiday special. Can you imagine how angry the Phantom Menace would get? Like, there's a level of, like, we're just going to have fun with Star Wars. That they just that, can't like, take. That, that, that they would lose their shit over. Like, with how much the sequel trilogy is about, like... Because they don't like how Star Wars... The, the sequel trilogy is, like, about the concept of Star Wars. Yeah. That, like, if you were to be like, okay, now, like... Star Wars, but it's fucking absurd. They lose their minds. How dare they do this is sacrilege. Oh, which reminds me, I wanted to make you watch that new Doomcock video before we started, but I forgot. I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> I'd really prefer if you didn't. <laughs> he, were, he, was, he liked one of my tweets. I saw. Because I kept tweeting at him to listen to our newest episode, and then he never responded after that. And I really hope he did, because God damn, you're bad at this. Um, actually, quite the opposite. He's very good at it, and that's what's scary. Um, but yeah, I hope there's a new holiday special. Who? What's your What's your like ideal version of the new holiday special? <sighs> God, it, it it's probably something akin to like how Snoke or how Kylo stole Christmas or something. <laughs> I don't know which is funnier. Right. If it's like angry, grumpy, no one loves me, Ben, trying to steal Life Day, or if it's Snoke, Snoke. being like, no happiness allowed, <laughs> like you could go either way with it. Yeah. <laughs> if you do it in the sequels. Or Hux. Hux that's is it. an equally funny version of yeah, that. Like, that's it. We got there. And like uh Ben's secretly trying to celebrate in his room. Like he has a, <laughs> He has decorations set up. And every time Hux walks by, he like uses the force to hide them. <laughs> it's like your little fucking Christmas bow on the Vader helmet. <laughs> Surrounded by a thing of candy canes. Oh my god. <laughs> Which reminds me, I need to like get candy canes. I love like, candy canes. <laughs> instead of like the ashes of his enemies, where he keeps his helmet, like it's just like the fucking like, s like like uh, like snow candy <laughs> that he just puts his helmet inside of, and it's like oh, like he walks onto the deck of the finalizer, and it's just like, Ren, what is that smell coming from your helmet? It's nothing. It's not peppermint, I promise. Like, <laughs> I, I have some new candles. <laughs> I have some new candles. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. We need to make this. We, we need, need to this. make this. Okay, wait. We gotta okay. We gotta like follow this through its like logical conclusion. Would it be a musical? I'm gonna say no, because like there's musical numbers in the holiday special. Well, the holiday special from before is more of a variety show. There's a part of me that wants the sequel holiday special to be like a fucking musical. I mean, I think we're asking too much. I think we're asking too much for it to be specifically catered to us. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying this, is, this is my specific pitch. Okay. 
is a musical starring Kylo Ren. Surprise, surprise. What a shocker. Yeah. Written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> you want Adam Driver rapping through the mask. <laughs> See, when I said that, I was thinking more like the way Lin wrote the Little Mermaid musical. I wasn't thinking like Hamilton Lin. But now that you, you mention it, commit to the book. I'm not throwing away my shot. Sounds fucking hilarious to me, bud. Oh, oh away TikTok. Oh my god. People keep liking my memes. I just hear like the fuck. <laughs> I hear the fuck. The SpongeBob Christmas song, you know the one I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Like, it's shaping up to be a wonderful. Uh, that one, yeah. But like, fucking Squidward is hawks. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, like, is if you do like, like, like that that SpongeBob song format, you have a different pairing for whoever, whichever antagonist you want to put in the Squidward slot. So, like, if it if it's hawks, it's like. Probably resistance people celebrating Christmas, but like off to the side where you have like Mr. Krabs and Plankton having fun with Christmas is like Kylo and Snoke. If you sub in Snoke, it's probably Ben and Ray. It is Patrick and SpongeBob. And if it's Kylo, it's Ray and Finn. Yeah, okay, but, but listen, if it's Hux, does Snoke religiously celebrate Life Day? Like, it, does he make a big deal about celebrating it? Like, like Hux thinks, like, I got to make sure no one's celebrating because Snoke, like, Snoke's gonna gonna hate this. And then at the end, it's just like, why is nobody celebrating? <laughs> Get the decorations out, <laughs> you redheaded fuck. <laughs> That's why Snoke keeps calling Hux a rabid cur. <laughs> so he's like, why is there no Life Day Rondo on the table? Supreme Leader. I require punch. I require punch. <laughs> and fitting music. Festive music. Snoke's just sitting there with like a little hat on, like sipping on like blue eggnog or some shit. Like <laughs> what we're saying is Lucasfilm hire us. We're geniuses, I tell you. We will do nothing but fill that writer's room with the most shit posty Star Wars fans we can find. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited for the message we get from Matt and Tim when they get to this chunk of the episode. Oh god, Matt's gonna be going nuts. <laughs> and then when you get to the end of the special, Star Killer Base 2, surrounded by Death Stars 3 through 8, like light up and form like a giant Christmas tree or some shit. Like like Star Killer Base fires off its super laser and all the other Death Stars fire off its super laser and it spells out Happy Life Day while wiping out a quarter of the fucking galaxy. Good. Excellent. I'm going to mute the do back chat. Oh wait, that wasn't the do back chat. That was Walmart. Even worse. Alright. You and I need help. We do. <laughs> How do we how do we segue? Okay. How do we do this? Speaking of mass casualty events. Okay. The Jedi Purge. Ah. Good. You did it. So I beat Fallen Order. You did. And you're on Zepho 2. Ish, yeah. To it. You're yeah. 
What do you? How, how do you feel about Fallen Order so far? Without getting too spoilery for people who haven't played it yet or aren't as far along as you. Uh, Story-wise, it's great. Yes. I don't want to... My, my big thing right now is going to be gameplay and mechanics and stuff. It's... So, like, I put this on Twitter. When I first saw the gameplay for this game, I was like, wow, that looks a good bit like Dark Souls. Like, the slower attacks, like, animations that take time, not because, like, they just wanted to animate it slowly, but because timing matters. Um, You know, dodging attacks, dodge rolling and stuff. I didn't expect non-combat Dark Souls mechanics. I don't know how familiar you are with Dark Souls. I've played it a little bit here and there just because my cousin wanted to make me squirm because he knows that I don't yeah. play. Like He knows that the video games I play are connected to like a handful of franchises that I'm super into. So like the first time I hit a meditation spot and I was like, oh, we have bonfires. <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing. Um, if this wasn't a Star Wars game, I don't think I'd be playing it. I don't mean that to be like, this game is shit and I'm only playing it because it's Star Wars. It's fun and it plays a lot with the idea of being a Jedi in a Souls-like. But if it... It's hard to put into words, but like I'm enjoying it. It really does make you feel like you are a dead man walking as far as everything around you is concerned. Like I... I've never been super into Souls likes. I've tried a couple. Uh, I had uh, my Dark Souls experience was really funny. So in Dark Souls, you can attack anyone, yeah. including NPCs. And I, being the dumb shit I was, like I'm just gonna kill every NPC I see. So I get out. Of, like I got out of the opening area and didn't die. I didn't die to the opening boss, which is something not a lot of people do. Good job. And I get to the, like, the out of the opening area, I get to the first bonfire out of there, and there's a guy that gives you the clue of, like, where to go to progress the, like, what little plot is in Dark Souls. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to kill this guy. I hit him. Yeah. And then he hit me. And then I was dead. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to, I respawn. He was still angry with me, and I'm like, all right, I'll just fight him. That man had a big health pool, and he hit real hard. <laughs> and he hit real hard. And he killed me again. And this went on for about two minutes, and I was like, I'm going to reset the game. He won't remember if I reset the game. He remembered after I reset the game. <laughs> and then I stopped playing Dark Souls. <laughs> um, I ran halfway across the fucking map, and he followed me the whole way. He was livid. He was living. Like, he just wasn't having it. He was like, I had a bad day today. My kid yelled at me before he went to school. You dumb motherfucker, you don't want to cross me. <laughs> you don't want this smoke. You about to catch this sword. So, I didn't realize, because like I said, I got to the end, like the final boss fight. Because, uh, again, I played on story mode. Because I wanted to consume as much of the story as possible as quickly as I could to avoid spoilers and shit. That's fair. 
And I didn't know like how close you would be done with the game, how how close to being done with the game you would be if you were going to have a guest on to actually properly review it. So I was like, the sooner I'm done with the game, the better so that I'm ready and can handle that accordingly. Little did I know that like I knew that like the the game is ready to punish you for dying. Yeah. So it because like when you die in combat, it takes you to your last meditation point and you have to very soon after respawning score a hit on who killed you to get to get your skill points back to get your equivalent of souls back. In yeah. Dark Souls, it works very much the same way in Dark Souls where um, I, so a friend of mine said it looks more like Sekiro, which is the same company yeah. as Dark Souls, but it, it's like Japanese themed and samurai themed. I'm surprised I never actually tried it. Um, but the in Dark Souls, you get shot back to the last bonfire you saved at, and your souls are just where you died. Like, they're just a spot on the ground. Yeah. Um, which, like, same principle. Uh, <laughs> the... Where were you going? I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just saying that, like, you have to, like, like it, it's very punitive. Yeah. Which, granted, for me, like, there's a meditation. The final boss battle is, like, you're outside of a room and there's a meditation hub yeah. here and the door panels he is, like, like right next to the door. So you can meditate. The push door the is button. right next to the door. Huh? You just said the door is right next to the door. Oh, geez. The, the meditation yeah. thing is right next to the dub. Then there's the panel and it's literally just meditate, push the button, go inside, fight the final boss. So I didn't have to like go all the way back to the beginning of the last level, but like if I was careless. Yeah. And I knew about the meta, I knew about the way the game would kill you going in from like the way that like Cubs Fan Han and Star Wars Explained and whatnot had covered it. So I made a point of like at my own detriment using every single meditation hub I found um, to be safe. Well, the reason I didn't – I haven't been doing that as much is because it also respawns enemies. Yeah. Which and that's again, the double-edged – yeah. Dark Souls. But – um. The thing that Dark Souls has that this game doesn't and again is like part of the depth of Dark Souls is the combat is so much more fleshed out. But this game is restricted by the fact that you are a Jedi, which means you're fighting with a lightsaber. Yeah. You – I don't know all of Cal's backstory. That's for Connor when we eventually get him back on. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many forms of lightsaber combat he was fluent in, but – the I'm sure that has something to do with why he only fights a couple certain ways. I see. I have, I have a gripe on that front, and uh, how do I put this? Cal is spelled out in the story to be, to have been a Padawan when Order sixty six was issued, right? And he carried a standard lightsaber. I find it really weird 
that a Padawan of his age, as far as the game is concerned, is able to switch <laughs> fighting styles in the, the way, way that he, he does. does. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, you want to talk about like, oh, such and such has no training. And stuff like that. With like the whole Ray debate and shit like that. I have one for the Mandalorian later. As a I, joke, but. I just want to say, Ray, like we've said this before, Ray swings that lightsaber around like, like it's, it's her staff still. Yeah. And she only starts using it like a lightsaber once she probes Kylo's mind, at which point <coughs> she starts fighting like Ben. And she's still like, is a little heavy with the saber. Yeah. Like she's still getting. It's one thing to know how it's supposed to work and then feeling it out. But like, yeah, you know, Cal and this is all over the Internet. So I'm just going to say it very on early in the game. You can add a second lightsaber at the pommel to your lightsaber, turning it into a saber staff. I don't know how early in the game the developers intended us to be able to turn on the saber staff functionality. You can do it from the beginning Yet you learn you have to go on like two or three more missions before the you can even because you find it on Dathomir. Yeah. You have to go on a good two or three more missions before you can even adequately explore Dathomir other than collecting the other half of your lightsaber. So I find that a little strange. That like Yeah. They that Cal Factoring in his age at the time that he had to go underground is very strangely proficient <clears throat> with also not switching proficient. over his, uh, switching. It's it's the way that the game like shows him being able to be able to like saber staff. Like, yeah. which is just so much more of a complicated weapon to use. Like, that is why the Saber Staff is such a dangerous lightsaber variant, because you only have so many angles of attack with a normal sword. With the Saber Staff, you limit that even more. So it becomes a complete, it becomes this really weird balance of how fast can you spin this and how precise can you be despite that speed that makes a double-bladed lightsaber is so complex. And, like, knowing that he's a Padawan, knowing that, like, he's struggling to remember how to use telekinesis. Yeah. It's, like, like stuff like that that's, like, how, like, how did you, as a Padawan, like, retain really, really complex fencing? But not your force power. Unless, and like, not, like, a basic, like, force pull. Yeah. You know, with the exception of like maybe he cut himself off from the force for a little bit out of necessity. Yeah, to yeah hide. maybe there is a little bit of like, but like repressing. Uh, his yeah, ear. this is stuff again. These are questions for Connor, who probably has these answers. But like, I find I found that odd, but not like nothing at this. Nothing at any point in the game has made me go. I hate this to the point of I want to stop playing. Not even Same. to the point of I hate this, but like. Little things like that, I found when I remember because I didn't know about the double bladed lightsaber. I only found out because you and TJ had messaged about it. I wasn't going to say anything in the chat until TJ brought it up. 
Because whenever TJ brought it up in the chat, I was like, well, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. And I took a picture of me already having a saber staff. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how that functions. Because like I – the entire time you and I have both been like, his hilt is really abnormally long. Yeah. I, I, for, I You and I both made the same assumption. Because I remember in Legends, Kyle Katarn's lightsaber hilt looked like that. Yeah. Like he had that really weird looking fucking like – it was like way longer than it needed to be. And Kyle's is just a standard lightsaber. It was just really long for some reason. So I found that interesting. Yeah. Um, the And it's even weirder because like the half of the lightsaber, like when you add the saber staff, it makes it look like the half that you had without the saber staff is like normal size now. It, like, it looks that way. Like, whenever you don't have the other half on it, it looks way bigger than it should. Yeah. But when you connect the other half, it looks like two separate standard lightsabers connected at the pommel. Yeah. At least to me. Because, like, I looked at it because, again, like, it wasn't – it looked longer than it should have been. But I was more distracted by the fact of, like, with more and more promotional material. I'm like, why the fuck is the bottom broken? Yeah. Like, why, why is it the thing snapped off? Like, this doesn't make – but uh, no, the gameplay is a lot of fun. Um, the, the the part I don't. There are little like tiny little bugs throughout the world where like things clipping through certain. Not like to the point where you are under a map now and you are stuck and have to restart. Um, but like things clipping through surfaces, you yourself included. Um, th- that doesn't even touch the like your lightsabers on and. It just phases through a wall or something because that's bound to happen. Yeah. Right. Like I can't expect any company unless they spend years working on a game to program Cal to make sure he never touches his saber to anything while you're just holding it as a flashlight. Right. Yeah. Because that's so much work. That's too much work to expect. Yeah. Too much um, work and people not getting paid enough to do what they're doing. Already. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And it doesn't usually come up in combat where, like, things clipping or, like, the height of things matters except for those little fucking rat things on Zepho. I have so much of a problem with oh, yeah. those things because they're, like, oddly short and they will clip into the ground and now they're too short for me to hit. And then they, they bite me and I'm upset and mad. Also, the mountain goat things and I have come to a standard rivalry. Like, anytime I see one, it's a formal duel. Where I'm like, all right, like, like I make a point to ignite my lightsaber without striking, and I'm like, we're doing this. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He never uh, waits for the full count, that son of a bitch. <laughs> I remember I saw one of those mountain goats. I thought it was going to be like those like adorable porg squirrels on uh, Bagano. At first, or I was like, aw, this one does not look fucking disgusting like the other animals they make me fight. I'm sure I'm safe. And then it fucking and just charged me and almost knocked me off a cliff. And I was like, well, fuck you. Okay, I'm going to just cleave you in half. I also have been having a fantastic time. Anytime they're like, okay, here comes this fight with a purge trooper and you're on a platform. And I'm like, you. You couldn't have just made this challenging? Force push. <laughs> well, force you have push. to t- – t- t- 
the the thing with the purge troopers is that like they make them slightly force resistant. So like as long yeah. as you're able to like inch them close to the <laughs> ledge and then hit them with the telekinesis. My favorite my favorite is to watch them clip off the side because they'll like hit the side and the game can't tell. It's like, are they still on? Are they off? And they start sliding in that really awkward way. And then they fall. Yeah. Now I I'm, also I had another I'm I'm go I'm clipping on bugs because like a lot of, I just find them funny. They're not game breaking anyway. No. They don't they, I haven't come across one that literally ruins the game. But on Dathomir, after you fight the first set of Night Brothers, like you have the cutscene where you meet the Night Sister and then you right? Dude, she might be one of my favorite characters, by the way. I haven't interacted Dude, with her besides. Oh the, my god. The further in you get, like Yeah. Mm, Okay, I might be I might be spending a late night tonight. I don't know. I might be shipping her with Cal. Ooh, ooh, like no, no, also, on God, like. But I I hit this point. This is the point where I died relentlessly trying because I knew I'm like I've got to be close to this fucking double sided staber staber Jesus saber. I need to like find this and then get the fuck off of Dathomir. This is before I even realized you can't finish Dathomir. Like at the beginning of the game. And so, you know, like, there's not even a meditation spot till after you beat the Knight Brothers, which is annoying as fuck. And then you you beat them, you move on, there's a meditation spot, and then there's two archers and then a, ra- a regular one. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I got to a point where I was loading into the game and it wouldn't load them in till I got to the top of the steps. So, like, I Hers was... was so much more buggier than mine. The only real bug I had was like it was the second time I was playing it. And I think it was because I accidentally left the game paused and idle for too long that like every like two or three minutes it would just stop and load for some reason. Yeah. I've had some frame drops, but like I've had a couple of the stop and load things, but never at a point where it mattered. It would be like I'm moving to a new area and I was like, OK, this is fine. Um, I've had a few frame drops, <clears throat> but my PS4 is like first generation PS4. Like I bought it within the year of the PS4 coming out, so I same I, with my Xbox One. My Xbox yeah. One is ancient, pretty much. I, I expect this with newer titles that like I'm gonna see some frame drops occasionally. I just learn to live with it. It doesn't again doesn't break the game for me. Um, and again, none of these bugs have been like incredibly bad. It's just really funny. Uh. Yeah, combat's fun, especially like once I got off Dathomir and I was like, oh, those enemies were significantly harder than I should have been fighting right now. I can one-shot stormtroopers, though. <laughs> yeah. The, the storm tro- fighting stormtroopers after going to Dathomir way too early is such a confidence booster. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it restores your faith in yourself. Um, I really am a Jedi. Can I finish this? Okay. Uh, so... If that's the case, you've – the only lightsaber duels you've been in so far have been with the second sister. sister. The the opening – Like when you then, fight her on Bracca and run like hell. Yeah. And then whenever you, you fight, fight her, her on Zepho. And run like hell. Yeah. Which again, that was one of my other things is that like Cal should not be doing well against anybody with a lightsaber. And in the story, he doesn't. And it makes the whole him being really good with two very different types of weapon really confusing. But it's whatever. It's a game. It's supposed to be like that. I don't mind it. 
Again, I really do wish there was like a tie-in novel. Um, but yeah, really enjoying Fallen Order. I'm looking forward to delving into detail and talking through the story. I'm excited to finish it and then go up the difficulty again. I mean, I'll, I'm curious if there's a new game plus. Well, you would. Is there? They didn't offer me one. Okay, so maybe. However, they to. could pull a Spider-Man and add Edit a new later. game plus that's after been, the fact. That's been happening. Like God of War did the same thing. It didn't release with the game. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. Why companies have been doing that. I haven't looked into it, but it's not a huge deal. I, I don't need one. Here's my thing. I very badly want a new game plus. And I very badly want them to patch it so that the final level is replayable. Okay. Because after you beat the game, it's like, congratulations, you've beaten the main story of Jedi Fallen Order. I don't even, I don't even want to say where it is, because that's a spoiler in and of itself where the final mission is. But it says, blank, the final level, blank is not replayable. However, feel free to go back to Bagano, Dothamir, Zepho, all that shit. So it's like, I'm going to say the equivalent and you tell me if I'm right. Assassin's Creed 2, or the, the final mission's at the Vatican in Rome, but you can't go back to Rome after the final mission. Yeah. Okay. You can't go back to the planet that the final mission happens on, which I was expecting. Yeah. Because the final mission is very much on rails. Which when you, the fact that you're calling it the final mission when the rest of this game is for the most part like I haven't opened my map hardly at all to explore. I've been exploring and randomly finding the story, but like I know where it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah. Like I know where the marker is, and I'm like, okay, if I end up there eventually, fine. But for the like, see, I've been doing the reverse. I have my map open constantly, and I'm like, okay, I need to just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, and then I let myself get sidetracked. Like whenever I stopped on Bagano for literally an hour and a half to see if I could fight that giant fucking dragon. I've been fucking what? Okay, first of all, I have a funny story about Bagano and the frogs. Okay. <laughs> So I got to a point where I was competent myself enough to fight the regular frogs. There's a boss frog. Um, I've I've killed the boss frog. I didn't know I could skip the boss frog. And the, like I was trying to get back to the mantis. And the way I was going, I was like – I kept running into it. I'm like I guess I got to beat this thing before I head back to the ship. And I died like eight times and I was like there's got to be another way. And I realized like, oh, I'm missing the obvious path here back to the ship. So I get back up there. At no point did I realize, oh, there's holes in the ground. And so I, I'm running forward and I looked away to look at my phone, I think. And I looked back at my TV and suddenly I'm in front of this fucking frog again. <laughs> and I thought it was some hellish nightmare. Somehow realized like, wait. There's there's light in here and I'm in a cave. How is that possible? Look up. Realize there's a hole and I'm like, okay, I'm not dead yet. I can hit him and get my souls back and then leave. Yeet, run away. <laughs> so I – that's funny. I – um, like I said earlier, I played on story mode difficulty. I only died so fighting the final boss. So I don't – you haven't learned the horrors yet. I haven't learned the horrors yet because my only like, oh shit, I died in combat 
took me back three feet. And like, yeah, I just had to score one hit on that person to get all my shit back. The nice thing is also like you can so like clearing Dathomir for me. Uh, it took me a couple tries, but like when you hit, get that hit, you also restore your health and your force. Yeah. So I used that like where I died. I was like, OK, I know where that is. Make, I can use my heels up to there. The person was an archer, so reflecting a blaster bolt counts. Uh, okay, let's do this. And I got to there, and I'm like almost dead. Reflected the blaster bolt, fully fucking healed. <laughs> I was like, I am a genius. I I have not run away from any real fu- have. Never mind. Um, you said you were on Zepho for the second time. Yeah. I I just without spoiling too much, I just finished like the main mission for, on your second trip to Zepho. Like I'm just outside after leaving the thing. Okay, I'm just gonna be quiet then. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, because I'm gonna ask you questions, but also like I don't want to accidentally spoil you or the people listening. So I'm just gonna yeah. It's not there. even that I mind because you know I don't, but like. Oh, there's shit I don't want to tell you. Like okay. I'm expecting like the frantic phone call or Snapchat video. Like holy All right. shit. Then calls. I won't ask. But um, then yeah, you might get it like at 6 a.m. today. I'm okay with that. Uh, so yeah, I'm really enjoying Jedi Fallen Order. It's a lot of fun. This Me is definitely too. this is the story about the Jedi Purge that I've been waiting for. I'm happy for you for that. And like, too. like that's awesome. Like I, I've I've wanted the story that like we got in like the. Legends comics about this. It's well, like, almost like you a, end up with a lot of different types of Jedi mm. that handle this situation, this horrible, horrible situation, very differently. This feels very flit, like the flipped version of Force Unleashed. Yeah, <clears throat> in a weird way. We're like, no, that totally makes sense. I totally hear that. Um, my 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 biggest complaint uh, before we move on to the Mandalorian is I don't quite understand some of the logic with the parkour. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like, just any video game. I know. And like, and like, it can be a little difficult sometimes trying to like the parkour is where the glitches really come into place where like you're not yeah. hitting wedges right. My- or like, there was one point where I was climbing on foliage, right? And there was that little gap that you have to jump up from. But when I jumped up, it counted that as a ledge. And then I was just standing in midair. <laughs> Again, I just hear like the Kanye West Wolves yeah. meme. Because- that whole thing. Uh, my cousin Pierce called me. Uh, oh, okay. This is the joke. This is the joke I want to tell you. And he was complaining about how he kept like just dying trying to climb shit. And I told him, I'm like, that's the only time I have died. I was like, I have beaten anybody I've crossed blades with. I've kicked their ass. Like I have not had any issues. Now again, I'm gonna I'm gonna play on Jedi Grandmaster tonight. Like I'm jumping. Let me know how that goes. I'm Text jumping me. from story mode to Grandmaster tonight. Uh, so check Twitter to see me crying. Um, so I, I want to see how quickly I get murdered. But Pierce was bitching about the parkour. He's like, dude, they should have just called this game Jedi Falling Order. <laughs> I, I died. I was like, that's fucking genius. That's good. That you. You deserve that. I've like, done quite a bit. The, yeah. the biggest one for me is the wall running. Where like sometimes you have to press a button to start wall running. And other times you don't. And then you press the button and you leap off the wall way too early. See, I had an issue. 
the second time I went to Kashyyyk. And there's like a really weird wall running sequence <laughs> that you can't very clearly see the other part of the wall. So you're just fucking guessing. And every time you get it wrong, you have to try a different fucking angle. Yep. <laughs> and eventually I got it. Um, I also got so lost the first time I went to Zepho. I got just I ended up exploring every section of Zepho the first time by accident. Like I ended up at the crashed Venator. And went like, where the fuck am I? Like, that is like, I've never had a game. I've never gotten so lost in a game where I ended up in a future level. But like, that's. And I know that's the point is that like, I can get to any part of the planet feasibly at any moment. And that's kind of the Souls like aspect of it in that like Dark Souls has no rails. Yeah. At all. Besides the opening bit. And so I like. That's probably the biggest positive for me is that I've never been able to like my my biggest thing with Souls games isn't the difficulty. It's that I've never had the time to like find my way through a Souls game. Yeah. The closest I've gotten is I've played like the very opening chunk of Bloodborne. Um, I just wish I had I could set waypoints. Yeah. That's my thing. Like I wish I could like look at something and be like, okay, I'm going to press A on the Jedi symbol and I want that Jedi symbol to be on my screen going, hey, dumb fuck. Go this way. You're going the opposite direction. Because <clears throat> like I don't – I don't play many video games and most of the games I play are fucking fighters. So like yeah. scaling an entire planet is a little bit out of my wheelhouse and like because I'm like – my brain is is like programmed for like video game combat – like again, so far, and I have I, I want to temper everything I say about how I've experienced the combat with. I play it on story mode. I'm pretty good with the lightsaber combat, but like, there's very few Star Wars games I've gone anywhere near, and wasn't immediately really good with like lightsaber combat, and like was really good at finding my own strategies and stuff. But again. We'll see what I have to say when I play on Grandmaster tonight. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> you have no idea. I have no idea. But yeah, that's uh, Fallen Order, and I can't wait to get really into the weeds about that. With that, uh, since some of you guys – there's nothing but good things from Scotland. Nothing but good things from Scotland. We are going to talk very briefly about the first two episodes of The Mandalorian with no spoiler thoughts. We are going to tell you guys when we're going to start talking spoilers, at which point we are honored that you have joined us and may the force be with you. However, we are going to get into the weeds on the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, but real quick spoiler thoughts or spoiler free thoughts, Travis. I fucking love it. Uh, I I really enjoyed The Mandalorian. I I didn't know what to expect going in. Uh, the atmosphere, we talked about this a little bit on Hollow Heroes because we had Spencer and I was like, yeah. by the way, Spencer Mando thoughts real quick because we're not going to get John through back um, this week. And he, Yeah, we'll be able to talk about episode three together. Yeah. Um, he said he had a similar issue with Solo where he thought it looked a little too clean. And I don't yeah. necessarily agree with that, but it feels like a very – it feels like they're trying to replicate the like canniness of the original trilogy effects, but they you can tell they that they're modern. It, like, it's so weird to explain, you know? Like it 
It's modern looking original trilogy. Pierce just stabbed me about the ending of Fallen Order. <laughs> Where Death Star 3 shows up. Yeah. Oh, I also have a hot take about a certain scene that I think everybody is going to interpret one way, but I interpret a completely different way. Continue. In the Mando or in Fallen Order? In Fallen Order. Okay, then we'll talk about that off the air, I guess. Yeah. Well, for like off the air first and then probably on the air in yeah. a couple weeks. Um, so I I didn't I didn't know for sure if our main character would have speaking lines. Like that's how little I knew going in. Uh, I really enjoy the Mandalorian as a character. He has way more like personality than I ever expected. Um, yeah, I, I've I've been really enjoying the like atmosphere and the feel of the show so far. Just like the opening where it comes up the Mandalorian and has that very Western like soundbite. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Give me your thoughts. I'm really liking the show so far. I yes. think the Mandalorian is a far more interesting character than I was expecting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, originally, my big thing that I was looking forward to with this show was like, I want that Western aesthetic. I like, and I don't know if it's just come with age that I'm able to enjoy more stories within the Star Wars universe, but I'm very much somebody who's like, if it isn't, directly involved in like the greater war conflict or like directly involving the Jedi or Sith. I'm not super into it. However, Solo, I was surprised at how much I love Solo. Not because I expected it to be bad, but like I know what I like yeah. with Star Wars and the fact that I was super in for a story with the exception of Darth Maul for 30 seconds had no force wielders or lightsabers shocked me that I was like so sucked into it. So I was hoping that the solo lightning would strike twice for me with the Mandalorian and I it's very much the case. Um, I love the Mando himself. He's very he, – he is very – and it, 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 very relievingly so interesting. Um, I think Alex Damon put it best where he kept using the term uh, a cool guy doing cool guy things. And I was afraid that that was going to be the Mandalorian's personality. Like I was afraid that the Mandalorian yeah. was going to be pure dude bro. Not even pure dude bro, but just like the stoic, I did this thing and it was cool. I was expecting like – I was going to say John McClane, but like even John McClane is like getting his ass kicked for most of the most of Die Hard and is has character like like the fucking Terminator, I guess. OK. was like what I yeah. was afraid of is that like the Mandalorian was just going to be like <laughs> like rolls into town, kicks ass, kills a few people and then, and then bounces like yeah. that's and that's what the show is going to be. Um, And it wasn't it was very it was anything but that he has a lot of character. There's like a lot of like. You can tell that, like, something horrible happened to this person, but, like, they don't play up the, I've been through some shit, so I don't trust anybody. I'm a lone gunman. Stay out of my way. Like, he's a loner. But he also knows the business. He knows the business. Like, like I appreciate that a lot. Like, he, 
he doesn't tell Quill to fuck off. Yeah. Like, he he seeks out that help. Stuff like that. Um, which I really like. Uh, I love, I, like you said, the atmosphere. Um, I love... I love the concept of the Galactic Empire and just, like, how everybody in that organization is, like, a power-hungry sycophant. And, like... Warner Herzog's character, especially so far, like, I just love seeing somebody who's like trying to pretend the Empire still exists yeah. as best as he can. Um, there was that, um, this isn't really spoilery, but like the opening is him collecting a bounty, right? Mm-hmm. And when he gets paid for it, the he, they offer him Imperial credits. And he's like, these don't have any buying power. Like, technically they don't and like people will still take them but it's like that concept of like yeah people like if people don't know that the empire's fallen right they would still be not that, that it's fallen but like that it's in shambles i mean at this point i'm pretty sure this is after the battle of jakku so like the new republic is established and it's one of those like well it's like five years later right yeah so I'm pretty – if I'm not mistaken, the Battle of Jakku has happened, which means that the Empire in full – Is gone. Is gone. Like there isn't like – like you'll find pockets of remnant. You will find not the like, First Order, but you will not find the Galactic Empire. Kind of. Like you you see what is like the beginnings of the First Order essentially. Like even though technically the beginnings of the First Order are happening in bumfuck nowhere uh, where Starkiller Base is. You – like – I, I like the idea that he's like, mm, no, like he knows that the Empire is so toothless at this point. Yeah, but like just even the concept of like the United States evaporates, right? Yeah. But like some not in the no country wouldn't know that and a US dollar would still work there technically. Yeah, and that's know? another interesting idea is that like because we know like for like, example in the Phantom Menace on Tatooine, mm. Republic credits don't get quite gone anywhere with Watto. Yeah. Even though the Republic is alive and well and everybody knows the Republic is alive and well. So on a backwater planet they probably already have their own currency. Yeah. Is my thing that like <clears throat> like what you're saying is a cool concept. I just like the idea that he's like, I don't fucking care. I'm like, give me the give me the fucking squid coins. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I really liked it a lot. Uh, from here on out, we're getting into spoilers. So people in the UK, uh, tune out, tune out now. Thank you for listening. May the force be with you always. Thank you for joining us. Blah blah blah. Um, real quick, still spoiler talk. Um, we got a clip from Spencer. We don't know if he talks spoilers or not. It's like five minutes. I want to put it in right here. If that's okay. cool with you. So, uh. Hey, everybody. This is Spence the Mando Simpson uh, from the Dubac uh, Discussion Network, more specifically Hall of Heroes. <clears throat> but I was asked by Jared if I could just throw a little something together about what my thoughts are for The Mandalorian so far. Uh, as well as um, Rebels, because I'm watching that through for the first time with the dawn of Disney+. Plus. So here are my thoughts really quick. <clears throat> first, about The Mandalorian. I love westerns. I love them a lot. And this movie is a western in space, more so than the original trilogy was. 
and I so far cannot get enough of it. I really think uh, Pedro Pascal's uh, performance is good. I was a little hesitant, um, but just a teensy bit coming in, and he has really shown himself to be something else. I think overall the aesthetic of the movie reminds me most of uh, Solo, the Star Wars story, and I like that. It's it's um it's got a taste of the original special effects to it, but also um, some of the more modern CGI special effects as well. Um, so far, I really love the action sequences. I think they're unique and they're fun. I love the Mandalorian's outfit. I love the fact that they're incorporating the Beskar steel into it so much because that is such like a, a deep cut Mandalorian reference and I'm all about it. So um, I like that he's also assembling his suit like one piece at a time. I think that's really cool. And that part of his reward um, for doing certain jobs is to get Beskar back from the crippled and crumbled and dismantled empire. I think that's really cool. And I'm looking forward to the episode when we finally get all of his um, Mandalorian armor set put together with Beskar. I thought it was really cool in the in the armor outfitters shop. She asked him if his signet had been revealed yet. So I'm really looking forward to um, the episode when he kind of puts himself out there officially as a Mandalorian, reveals his signet. It's going to be cool. I can't wait. Um, regarding the plots themselves so far, I really loved the sequence with the IG unit. I think IG-11 is what they're calling him. Um, that whole standoff sequence was pretty cool. Um, just, it's really great to see in a live action show how horrifying the IG units can actually be. Um, really did a lot of justice to them. And at the end, I keep, <laughs> my, my friends keep calling it baby Yoda and I have to like, you know, as a, as a true and good Star Wars fan, I have to correct them and say, well, technically it's not baby Yoda. It's not even a baby Yoda. It is an infant of the same species as Yoda. And so I'm trying to like explain to them that part of the, the mystery of Star Wars that yet remains is that no one has a clue what Yoda is or where they come from. And I'd love to see that kept secret. I think that's a really fun and unique tradition tradition they've kept going. I'd really like for them not to reveal that in the show, but just for the sake of the show, we'll call him Baby Yoda. So Baby Yoda is so stinking cute. My roommates and I could not shut up about it. Baby Yoda is so cute. Um, the whole sequence with the, the Ugnaught is interesting and, and, and fun. Um, uh, we keep around, around at college, we, we keep saying I have spoken to make fun of him. Um, so the Jawas were annoying, but it was fun to see them. Uh, the the egg. <laughs> Zuka, Zuka, Zuka. Um, so anyway, that's basically all the thoughts that I have on The Mandalorian so far. I'm really loving it. I love the soundtrack. I love the the overall um, feeling of it. The, the truly Western frontier feeling is awesome, and I love it. I'd love to see them expand more later in the season about the Bounty Hunters Guild and how it works. Like implicitly, it seems pretty straightforward, but I'd love to see some of the inner um, connectedness, maybe some of the, the low-level politics of the Bounty Hunters Guild and stuff like that. That would be really cool. So now on to Rebels. So when Rebels first came out, I was 
um, pouting and boycotted because I did. I was just really upset that they canceled Clone Wars, so I refused to watch Rebels. And finally, I'm getting around to it now that it's on Disney Plus. And I don't remember how close or how far into it I am, um, but I'd say I'm like eight to ten episodes in so far, and I'm actually enjoying it a lot. It's a it's a very different feel um, from any of the animated shows that I've seen thus far. It's very it still feels in its infant stage at this point in the show and there's a lot of character development to be had and some interesting villains um agent callus i think his name uh could make for a very um a very good villain in a non force wielding way the inquisitor isn't that scary to me yet but i'm really hoping to see some development on his side so basically yeah i'll keep it right there um but thank you guys for listening to me go on and on about this um but anywho i cannot wait to check back in next week give you my thoughts on mandalorian chapter three and uh, and let you know how far into rebels i am but uh, as far as i go i uh, am honored that you have joined me and i turn it back over to jared and the crew thanks guys so i know where that goes <laughs> i'm looking forward to hearing what he says me too actually yeah we haven't he sent it to us like as we were recording like 10 minutes ago. So I'll mark down where that clap was. I'll remove the clap, obviously. <laughs> I don't, you don't need to. I kind of like the idea that it's clap and then Spencer starts talking. <laughs> uh, anyway. Spoiler talk. I. What do you think is going on with Baby Yoda, Yiglet, Yiddle? Sweet pea, whatever you want to call it. What do you think is going on with that thing? Like where it came from, where it's going. Anything. Like what is the situation with this? I think the Empire wants to – what remains of the Empire either wants to corrupt it into a powerful force user or is trying to take it off the board. I can't tell which yet. Uh – Probably at this point trying to like swing it around to use it, you know? So I'm assuming you saw everything about the guy that looks like Connor having like the Kaminoan. Yeah. Or – OK. That's – No, this is where things get really interesting and this is where we're going to have like another big deviation from Legends to Canon. Like, aside from, like, the sequel trilogy existing and shit like that and, like, new characters with new backstories and stuff, in Legends, cloning Force Sensitives was damn near impossible. Yeah. Like, in the Force Unleashed 2, They, they Vader, made a whole game about it, right? <laughs> they made a whole game about how hard it is to clone a Force <laughs> Sensitive. Um, this might be a really big delineation from Legends where, hey – People with a high metachlorian count aren't that hard to clone anymore. Do you think they are trying to make a clone army of this thing since it is clearly gifted with the force? Or do you think this is already a clone of Yoda? Oh, I don't think it's a clone of Yoda. I think like – again, I could be wrong, but yeah, I – the the Kaminoan thing interests me. I I hadn't considered. I I just watched episode two today, 
uh, as of recording. But the idea of we're going to make an army of Yodas uh, is terrifying. But like, well, it also opens up because, like, again, in Legends, like the Empire cut ties with with the Kaminoan cloners. They, you know, I don't know if the whole Battlefront Two story was ever considered canon. But Legends were yeah. like the Kaminoans, like actually built like a back door for more clones to try to bring down the Empire because they felt guilty. Uh but if that's not the case, I want to know what the Empire's relationship with. The cloners is now who this person is because, again, I thought that when the Kaminoans were working, they were like completely in-house their own species because they kind of were hidden. Yeah. Uh, beyond the Rishi maze. So I kind of really want to know if like is this guy like – I don't know what that patch means. Like is that symbol like – a research thing like what is the nature of it does he have anything to do with any cloning technology the fact that we're dealing with a mandalorian and clones in the same sentence like if camino's involved does this somehow now loop back to boba fett yeah. like stuff like that like there's, there's yeah. a lot like this opens up a lot of questions that, like you know, they could very easily – like, and everybody like placing their best as to whether or not Boba Fett shows up. I think the people – the Templin Institute for one matter um, can take a big sigh of not necessarily relief but go, ooh, like this looks good. <laughs> if there's cloners involved with a Mandalorian, the odds of like the Mandalorian going, I know a guy. I know of a guy. Okay who got swallowed up by a space asshole with teeth, be right back. Um, but I find baby Yoda very interesting. He's so fucking cute. Also, he's a Mary Sue. Yeah. Does lifted that rhino thing with no training. I, Oh my God. Not only, not only that, I'm pretty sure the, I'm going to continue to use Yiddle. Yiddle. I'm gonna call it a yiddle. I, think I know. I know you don't like Baby Yoda, and I respect that you. I don't, don't dislike Baby Yoda. It's just that, like, I just I want to sidestep that whole argument because I think anybody unironic. I think anybody acting like people saying Baby Yoda means that they think this is Yoda as an infant is fucking stupid. And I'm just not going to engage in that. Yoda is a time traveler confirmed. Yeah. So I'm just saying, a I like think yiddle is adorable, and b I'm just avoiding the whole Baby Yoda phrase i don't dislike it at all i think the yiddle is trying to force heal the mandalorian at one point because he's like repairing his armor and it just keeps reaching for him when like the jumpsuit is ripped and his arm is bleeding in the second episode it keeps it keeps reaching for him and like cooing at him like reaching for the wound um and this is not the first time in canon we've seen small children who are very attuned to the Force. Like I said before, it is all mind and body. Or it is, it is mind over body. You need to like – it is a spiritual thing when you accept the Force, when you know the Force is a part of you and let it flow through you. You are going to have such an infinite level of ability and talent because of that. Whatever. But yes, Yoda is uh, – Yiddle is a Mary Sue. Um – I, I fucking love IG-11. 
I can't wait till he comes back. I'm yeah. so excited to see more. I'm so happy it, it wasn't Korg 2.0. Yeah, I, I was too. That was like watching those interactions. I was like, this is way funnier than I thought it would be, but not in a way that's annoying. Oh, yeah. You know, like I'm not sitting here going, OK, I get it. That was a joke. But like, can we not? Yeah. It was just like the situation was funny. The Mandalorian is a really good is really good with like situational comedy. It's a sitcom, kinda like it's kind of George Lopez in Star Wars. It's like it's kind of like Mr. Mom, but he's Boba Fett. Yeah, as a TV show, like not obviously he's not Boba Fett, but not um, yet not anyway. Yet. Jesus Christ, please no. Um, yeah, Star Three, baby. But I love the uh, <laughs> when he finds IG Eleven. I'm like, I will initiate myself to struck. Like, no, stop. stop it. <laughs> Knock it off. Um, I also love, and I saw this on Twitter, and I completely agree with it, that the Mandalorian at no point gets frustrated with baby with uh, the Yiddle, and at no point lashes out at the Yiddle. Like, he's just very cool, calm, and collected, and like, this is a small child. I feel like there's one point where... Oh, no, never mind. It was um, when he gets flanked in the canyon yeah by another group of bounty hunters yeah he gets jumped by those um, trandoshans like the ones that shouts, look like an action figure yeah he uh <laughs> he shouts no get away from him yeah and i feel like there is one thing where like he doesn't get mad or yell at it but he like makes a comment about the fact that the yiddle's crying or something I, I might be remembering. I, that, I know at but. one point, like whenever the Yiddle keeps like reaching for his armor when he's repairing it, he's like, "Okay, that's enough," and he like closes the pod. Oh, yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And he, like he just closes the pod. It's like, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Okay, it's bedtime." Um, I love I love Quill. Yeah, I, I have spoken. spoken. Um, I told you the day the first episode came out. I have spoken is either going to be timeless. Or it is going to get old in a month. And I'm still enjoying I Have Spoken. I think if he... I don't think he's going to be in the next episode. Like I don't think he's going to be a super recurring character. Yeah. So I think it'll it'll last a little longer. I think it'll be evergreen. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, oops. I could listen to Werner Herzog speak as that Imperial. For like his own show. We will pay you handsomely in Beskar. Bounty hunting's a complicated profession. The Mandalorian, the best in the Persic. Like I could listen to him fucking talk all day as that character. Can like, I also Rick, discuss- read the space phone book to me, please? Read the space phone book to me. Jesus Christ. I this is a sidestep from Mandalorian. I despise the fact that ever since everyone corrected George Lucas on what a parsec is. That now Star Wars goes out of its way to use Parsec correctly. <laughs> Not because I like there's there's something about it that just irks me. I don't know why. And like not to the point that I'm gonna get overly mad at Star Wars, because now yeah. they're using it right. They even like contextualized it right in, in solo, in yeah. Solo. But I just hate it. Like I hate it so much. I don't mind it. I just I liked it way better when they just used it wrong. <laughs> like <laughs> I liked the joke. <laughs> I liked being able to like make fun of. That's not what a parsec is. 
Uh, I don't know. I, I I enjoy it. I just again, it's like Warner Herzog is the one saying it, and I can just listen to his character. The best in the grief. Cargus says you're the best in the parsic. He kind of. I'm gonna say that. Um, I like Carl Weathers' character so far. I like I like grief. Carga. I want to see more of him. Uh, I love the Mandalorian's gear so much. Yeah, like his weapon loadout, like I, like really that pistol's cool, and I was oh like, and I was like, I was like, I can't wait to see him use the rifle, and I didn't know his rifle disintegrated people. <laughs> I love his rifle. I love the fact that he has to load each shot into his rifle. Yeah, I think that's cool. I loved his scene with the Jawas. <laughs> I was just about to talk about that. You speak terrible Jawa. Yeah, you understand this. <laughs> That's my favorite part of episode so two. I was, he just kicks on the flamethrower. I was also. I love that. Uh, I'm a Mandalorian. Weapons are my religion. <laughs> it's gonna like it's slowly becoming a meme. Uh, I was <laughs> rednecks in Western Pennsylvania. Be like, <laughs> right? I uh, I'm Weapons working on my, my I'm working on my final project circuit board for my electronics class, and so I was doing that today while watching the Mandalorian. And I'm like, okay, so I'm like looking back and forth. And then I like, this, I'm like, okay, they're speaking Jawa. I have to watch this. Something, something. <laughs> Your Jawa is terrible. You understand this? I almost like hit my computer off my bed because I was laughing so hard. It's so funny. Like everybody was expecting this show to be like Breaking Bad in Star Wars or some Breaking shit like Bad's that. Breaking Bad's still funny though. Yeah, but like, everyone's in the same way. That. And I think everybody was expecting like a really dark, like a dark gunslinger, hopeless Western. But like it's this loner guy taking care of a baby in like really funny situational humor scenes. Like my – I don't even know if it's a complaint, just a note. Like I'm not – like I'm not critiquing it for this or like praising it even. Is it just me or does this show feel like a video game so far? Um, not like the, the two like really big action sequences so far have felt really gamey to me. Like there's the shootout where IG, where he's like IG 11 and the Mandalorian are pinned down fighting all those Nikto. And then like the fight ends with the Mandalorian, like the way he like, passes through the crowd and then hops onto that blaster turret and just starts mowing all the Nikto down felt like the end of a video game level and the whole like okay your ship's been taken apart now you have to go find your find the Jawa Sandcrawler to get your to put the Razor Crest back together and now the Jawas are going to send you on a quest to find the egg the egg the egg is also one of my favorite Mandalorian memes so far as well like I think it's a tie between I have spoken the egg and I'm a Mandalorian weapons are my religion. Like the jaw was like the, just the out of context. The jaw was screaming. The egg is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> like it's just that it's, it's, we have a term for it now. The egg is McClunky humor. Sure. If that makes sense. I, like it's yeah. that like level of like, I don't know why this is funny, but there's just something funny about Joe was screaming the egg incessantly um but like they send him on the thing and get the egg and like it just it feels kind of gamey to me and that's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing 
but it's playing like the early stages of a video game for some reason. And I don't know why I feel that way. I don't mind it. It's whatever. Um, I don't like who the Mandalorian is as a character. Like, again, I was expecting a little bit of Terminator. Like he was just going to walk into a room, mow everybody down and walk away. And, yeah. You know, badasses don't look at explosions. But like he's really good at his job, but has limits. Right. Yeah. And like. Again, not necessarily a critique about the original trilogy, but like Han Solo isn't a Jedi Knight. Han shouldn't be able to walk into a room of 50 plus stormtroopers and hold his own. The Mandalorian gets swarmed by five and even in mostly blaster proof armor starts sweating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, blaster resistant armor. Uh, but I love that. Um, I love the direction the show's going in. I really hope we get more of those flashbacks of what looks like his home being raided by the uh, separatists, which looks interesting. Um, it's really loving it so far. And yeah. I'm super excited for Friday. I'm really excited to watch this new episode once it's up. Um, so much TV. What predictions are you? do you have going right now? I have no idea. You have no I've, idea. I've been so just blasted with content that I'm like, I still haven't watched any of the CW stuff for tomorrow. I haven't <laughs> I'm watched. So sorry. I haven't watched Titans yet. I didn't watch Titans on Friday, so I'm like, I'm really behind. I would offer to do for the Mandalorian what you do for the CW and DC stuff for Hall of Heroes. But like, I know you want to watch. Yeah, like I'm gonna watch it, and I'm so. like, and I don't like. I want to watch the stuff on the CW and shit. But like, that's so much. I just, I just, I'm so behind. Oh yeah, you're like, like seasons I don't, behind. Like I don't, I don't have any incentive to watch it until it's all just boom. I can sit down and watch it at my own leisure. Um, yeah, I'm really loving the Mandalorian so far. I want to see. I want to see more of every character. I'm very excited for whenever we get to see um, uh, Cara Dune. Yeah. Because uh, I'm sure she should be showing up very soon. We're on episode, we're halfway through, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we will be on Friday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're approaching the halfway mark with episode three. Um, I phrased that poorly. You're right. Uh, so I'm looking forward to meeting her. I'm looking forward to meeting Fennec Fox. Uh, or Fennec Fox. Fennec. Fennec something. <sighs> She's named after a Fennec Clark. Yeah. Um Fennec, whatever her name is, Kanja Club lady. Uh Kanja Club. I'm I'm just I want to see more of all of these characters and I really want to know where the story's going. Um I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. I think that's all we have today. I think so. What are we looking at time wise? Uh hour fifty. Really? Yeah. Good shit. Travis, where can the lovely people find you? They can find me. On Twitter and Instagram at Travis Political. Jared, where can they find you? Before that. Okay. As you guys have gathered, I have known Travis for a very long time. Quite a bit. Uh, I've known him ever since I was in the seventh grade. I joined our 
junior highs uh, show choir program. Kick, turn, turn, kick, turn, 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 kick, turn. Fossy, fossy, fossy. Uh, and I didn't know a whole lot of people in there. And the few people I did know, I wasn't super close to. And I was like, I'm going to do this for the Christmas half of the year. And then I'm going to bail for the spring stuff because this is borderline a waste of my time. And I don't know anybody here. I was very quickly taken in by Travis and his crew of friends. Um, Be it because I'm just as much of a goofy fuck as them or because I think Travis realized that I was – Sands a whole lot of people to hang out with. Uh, from that point on, Travis has been one of my best friends and being one of few people I've ever hung out with who is older than me, uh, took on the kind of the closest thing I've ever had to a big brother because I am 99% of the time the oldest person in my group of people. So I became the de facto older brother for most people. And then Travis was the first time I was like, oh, I have a friend who is like – and when you're in high school, two years is a big age gap. Um, We can both drink now, so it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, I was like, you're the closest thing I have to a big brother because I'm the oldest kid and, you know, with all my friends and you're the only one who I can kind of be like, hey, what's this like? And you'll have an answer for me. Uh, And because of that, you've always been one of my closest friends and someone I've always had the utmost respect for. And I know when I got brought on to this little network that when I got the opportunity that there was a handful of people whom I knew had chops both as performers, as speakers, and had the nerd chops to carry these shows. And Travis was very much so on that short list. It did not occur to me until way later than I wish to admit that Travis was back in Pennsylvania. At which point I felt like a dumb fuck for not jumping on the opportunity to have him in this network sooner. That said, the moment I had, I realized it was an option. I brought Travis on and much to everybody's pleasure, he has been around since. And he ended up taking on a much larger workload than I ever intended for him that he took in stride and has happily carried on his back. And I, at this point, cannot imagine the network as a whole, but do back discussion in Hall of Heroes without Travis Grossman. Uh, you are, in my opinion, one of the one of the core pieces of the backbone of this network. You very much so helped to facilitate two of the shows that takes a massive load off of TJ's back. You are a you are an invaluable asset to the network and an amazing person. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And I'm very proud of everything you've done and so excited to keep doing our nerd shit on here. And if only you guys could have seen the way we cried during Godspell. Uh, it was gross. Oh my god! Not <laughs> gross because we're guys crying. Just we looked disgusting. Just, yeah, it was like it, like we, ugly faces. It was so bad. I was fine until you walked up. Like not fine, but I was like, I can hold this back. I'll be okay. And then you walked up to me. And I was like, Nope. Because <laughs> that was that was your last high school show. Yeah.
and because like, two years apart, and the way our the way our school district is is that it would it was seventh, eighth, ninth was junior high, and then tenth, eleventh, twelfth. So like every time I had a first year, it was your last year, and I was like, "Fuck! I only get one year." Coral Cats with Travis, but hey, I get to be in the musical with him at one point, and I remember it was the last day of Godspell, and you know, you and I were already incredibly close friends, and it just it was such a gut punch not. For that show to end, and I remember you and I just <laughs> not handling that well. It, it was just as bad with Bricker the next year. I believe it. Oh my god, it was so. I am so excited for the day we get to have Bricker on here. Same. That is going to be a shit show. <laughs> it's going to be fucking nuts. <laughs> that is going to be a train wreck. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. Just wait. The day I get, like, enough into wrestling that TJ decides he's going to pawn off and jerk the curtain at some point like he did with Duba. Not likely. Completely no. joking. But, like, in the not event... Yet. He, not yet. In the event, he's like, I need to get one more show off my plate again. I'm calling Bricker in for jerk the curtain. <laughs> I got handed two shows. I'm like, I know my crew. I got a wrestling show. I know my crew. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at darkjedi2552. <laughs> uh, be sure to like and follow Dubak Discussion on all the other social media sites. And check out the other shows in the network, Hall of Heroes, our comic book and superhero show. Pardon me. Check out Gormore if you want to. Uh, Wicked Wednesday, Down the Rabbit Hole, Jerk the Curtain, and Dubak Discussion Sports. With that... We are honored that you have joined us. Be sure to tune in for our audio commentary of The Empire Strikes Back coming out this coming Sunday with Ross of Beyond the Outer Rim. And may the Force be with you. we